0: time paid off, didn't it? Great time of worship. They always do a great job. As you settle in this morning, I want to begin by asking you a very important question. Here it is. How do you feel about the church? More specifically, how do you feel about our church? Do you get excited when you think about the church or do you get depressed? Do you think about all the exciting things going on or just the things that are not happening? Do you think about the strengths of the church? Or do you think about its weaknesses When you think about people of the church, you think about people you love? Or people who get on your last nerves? When you think about the church, how do, you, how do you think about the church? What comes to mind? What's your perspective? What's your outlook? Is it positive or is it negative? Optimistic or pessimistic? Let's be honest, there's a lot of negative talk today about the church, isn't there? Time and time again, we'll hear things like this. The church is filled with nothing but what? Hypocrites. Wow, we all know that. Imagine that. Probably heard that before. Or other people will say, you know, the the people of the church are just some of the most narrow-minded, unforgiving, unloving people around. Maybe you've made these kind of statements in the past. Heard some say, man, if we could just get back to being the way the church was a hundred, two hundred years ago, then we'd be all right." As if those churches didn't have problems of their own. Heard others say, man, we just need to get back to doing things the way the church did it in the very beginning. As if they had it exactly right. I want you to take time this morning to imagine with me A church that is just filled with divisions and schisms. A church where people claim to follow men rather than follow God. Imagine, with me, if you will, a church that is just filled with sexual immorality. Where you have church members actually going and visiting prostitutes. You have a young man in the church who is having an affair with his stepmother. I want you to imagine with me a church where conflict reigned supreme. And it went beyond just one or two people having a petty disagreement with one another, but it involved believers taking other believers to court and suing them. Imagine with me a church that's just constantly dealing with doctrinal issues. People were coming to the church and asking, hey, can I take part in this church and still embrace pagan practices? Imagine with me a church where they're accusing one another on a daily basis of idolatry and to top matters off. They're abusing the Lord's Supper and getting drunk at church fellowships. Imagine with me a church where disorderly Chaotic worship services were the norm in a church that even struggled with believing in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Now, believe it or not, the church I'm talking about this morning is not a 21st century church, it's the first century church of Corinth, a church that the Apostle Paul himself planted. Any of you feel a little bit more positive about the church? How many of you would want to be a part of this church in Corinth? How many of you want to get back to being this kind of first century church? Now, I would hope none of us would. Here's the truth of the matter. Truth is this. The church has always had issues. Corinth is not the exception Corinth was not a 1st century church with 21st century problems. It's a 1st century church with 1st century problems. Churches in the 1st century had issues. That's why Paul, after planning these churches, often had to to write letters to these churches to get these guys back on track. And guess what? Churches in the 2nd century had issues. Churches in the 3rd century, the 4th century, the 19th century, the 20th century, and churches today have these kind of issues. Now I'll say this, churches in the 1st century, they had different degrees of issues, didn't they? Remember when we went through the book of Philippians, the church at Philippi, it had issues and we talked about those. For the most part though, they had their act together, right? The church in Corinth, not so much. In fact, this church had so many issues that Paul actually writes four letters to the believers at Corinth. Now, you're probably maybe flipping through your Bible right now or thinking back and saying, Last I remember, there's only two books, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, but there are actually four books mentioned. Seemed as if Paul just continually was having negative reports about this church. I mean, put yourself in Paul's shoes. You got a guy coming to you, reporting about the church in Corinth, and giving you a report like this. Hey, Paul, just want to let you know, members at the church of Corinth are drunk, seeing prostitutes, and uh, questioning the resurrection. Is that a problem? To which Paul would say, "Uh, yeah, that's a big problem. And because of the seriousness and the severity of the problems in Corinth, we, there's an important question we need to ask, don't we? When learning about this church, and it's this. What's Paul's response to this church? How does he respond? I mean, this is the kind of church that only a raunchy, controversial shock jock, a TV, radio, talk show host could love. This is a church you and I probably would have cut out on pretty quickly. But what does God think? How does the Apostle Paul respond who, who planted this church? Well, today we're starting a new series through the book of 1 Corinthians I've entitled, Paul's Message to a Messy Church. Because that's exactly what this book is. It's God's response through His chosen apostle to a church with serious Issues. So what we're going to do this morning before getting into the text is I'm just going to give you a little background into this church, okay? Understanding the background of the church at, at Corinth and where they were is so important and will be so helpful to you when you're reading through and studying this book, okay? First, the author is Paul. Paul's the author there is very little debate on this. We have both internal and external evidence that, that supports that uh, Paul wrote it. First off, the book begins with his name. His name is the very first word written in this book. It, it begins by saying, Paul, called by the will of God. There are also, there's also external evidence to support that Paul wrote this as well. There are many of our early church fathers who uh, tell us that this book is written by Paul. So very little debate here. Paul wrote it. Date. To understand the date, let me give you a little background into Paul's ministry. During Paul's earthly ministry, he went on what were called missionary journeys. And he went on several of these. And uh, he went for the purpose of spreading God's gospel and for the purpose of Planning churches, especially among non-Jewish people. And Paul went on many of these missionary journeys. Well, on his second missionary journey, he stops at Corinth. And this was about in A.D. 50. And while he was there, he lived with a young couple by the names of Aquila and Priscilla. And Paul was there for about 18 months, so a little over a year and a half. And you probably read that if you read your spiritual growth guide. The last uh, verse I gave you on Friday passage was about Paul's time spent in Corinth. And while he was there, he spread God's gospel, saw many come to Christ, and saw a new church planted. And Paul spent time with this group of believers. And it says that he spent his days teaching them the word of God. At first, when Paul was there, Things seemed okay with the Christians in Corinth. But like, often, like, like what often happened, Paul, when he left, the church began to have some issues. And Paul began to receive reports about what's going on in Corinth and what they were into. So he begins to write letters to the church at Corinth. And the time he wrote this letter that we have, that we're looking at, 1 Corinthians It was thought to be about five years after Paul had started this church. So the date is 55 A.D., around 55 A.D. And although we refer to this book as 1 Corinthians, it's actually not the first book Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. And we know that from 1 Corinthians 5. Paul says, now in my former letter I wrote. So Paul... Is writing another letter he's already written a previous letter to the, the church at Corinth to the believers at Corinth so 1st Corinthians is actually 2nd Corinthians and 2nd Corinthians is actually 3rd or 4th Corinthians you got it yeah all right but but this is the first inspired book written by Paul that we find in the scriptures to the church at Corinth now let's talk a little bit about the audience The audience, who's Paul writing to? First, let me state the obvious here. This book is written to a church. The Christians at Corinth, to be exact. Look at chapter 1, verse 2. Paul says, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus. I think one of the big problems that happens with Bible reading and, and Bible study today is that many people pick up the Bible and just read it for themselves as an individual. They pick up the Bible and say, how does the Bible speak to me and me alone? Well, the Bible does relate to you, but the bigger question we need to ask, when we're, especially when we're reading through the, the epistles in the New Testament is, how does this Book, how does this passage, how does this verse relate to us as a church? It's very important, especially when reading through 1 Corinthians and other books like it, that we understand this book with the church in mind. Because most of the New Testament was written to believers and churches, and they were meant to be read as believers gathered together, just like we're doing here. So it's very important that we understand this when, when we read through 1 Corinthians. As we study through this book, instead of just thinking, you know, what does this mean to me and me alone? Let me encourage you as you read through it and as we study it on Sunday mornings to ask this question. How does this book relate to me within the context of this church okay because that's the way it's intended to be read because the book of first corinthians was written to christians at corinth it was written to the church at corinth okay now let's take a moment just to look at the reason for writing this book we've already talked about this a bit but to understand why paul wrote first corinthians We need to really know more about the city of Corinth. Understanding this city will help us to better understand the issues of the believers in the church at Corinth. Corinth was like the New York City of the first century. Picture Wall Street in the first century, and that's that's Corinth. Instead of business suits and and, uh, dress shoes, they were wearing sandals and togas. But <clears throat> the people of Corinth were business-minded, success-driven kind of people. Corinth was in a, a prime location. Because of where it was, it attracted a, a great deal of the shipping business. So it was just this prosperous and progressive city. A city filled with Bill Gates, Michael Bloomberg, Steve Jobs type people. I mean, it was a big business savvy kinda place corinth was also known for its education it was culturally diverse and many were highly educated and they prided themselves in their education back then Greek philosophy reigned supreme and those who were schooled in the way of the Greek philosophers they, they showed it I mean they were proud of their education corinth was also a place for uh... entertainment it was known for sports and the arts once again kinda sounds like new york city doesn't it one thing in particular that corinth was known for was hosting what were called the isthmus games these were the most famous ancient games in the world at one time they overshadowed the olympics and and if these games they would have chariot racing Boxing and track and field. So, entertainment was another big uh, emphasis of the people of Corinth. I mean, they prided themselves in, in their entertainment, in the arts, and in sports. Corinth was also extremely religious, it was just a hodgepodge of all these diverse religious beliefs and religious practices. They had temples set up everywhere. They had a temple to the Greek god of the sea, Poseidon. They also had twin temples that were erected to both Aphrodite and Apollo. And both of these temples, among other things, they were serviced by male and female prostitutes who engaged in all these ritualistic sexual acts. And as a result, of these influences, especially the last one, Corinth was extremely immoral. It was a city filled with all sorts of power hungry, fortune seeking kinds of people. It was filled with materialistic and corrupt types of people, and it was filled with religious and perverse and sexually immoral types of people. The immoral reputation of the Corinthians was so bad that when the Greeks witnessed an immoral act they would call it the Greek word Corinthianzomai what that meant was to behave like a Corinthian that's how bad it was they would see an immoral act and they would basically say this you're acting just like a Corinthian man that's a bad reputation to have isn't it that's how immoral people of Corinth were And Paul is led by God to plant a church right smack dab in the middle of this godless city. And unfortunately, as time goes on, the church begins to be affected by these ungodly influences in this worldly city. And Paul catches wind of it, and he begins to write. To these believers. So, Paul's purpose in writing this book is to address these issues that these believers are facing and to show them where they're off track spiritually so that they can get back on track. He's writing to remind them of who they are in Christ and he's writing to encourage them to get. Busy and living for God. That's Paul's intent. And that's my intent for this study as we go through this book. My prayer is this. As we read and study the book of 1 Corinthians, my prayer for us is that the Spirit of God would open. Our eyes and our minds and our hearts to see where we have some similarities with this church in Corinth now some of you are saying "Uh uh-uh not to that extent well maybe not but there are some things that that we share with them and my prayer is that the Spirit of God would show this to us and we would see this not just as a book written to a first century church But we would see this book as Paul's message to us. My prayer is as we come face to face with these issues and see where we have some similarities with the the Christians in, in Corinth, I pray that we would seek to make changes where there needs to be changes in our life and in our church. And I pray that that we would get back on track where we're off track. And my prayer is that we would get moving and become more of what God has called us to be as His church. I want to encourage that to be your prayer as well as we study through this book and God's Word. For the rest of the time here this morning, I know you're looking at your watches going, yeah we got a little bit a little bit more to do for the rest of the time here this morning we're gonna do something a bit unique at this time I'm gonna uh, call our elders to the stage so uh, uh, you guys at this time come and uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna have we're gonna end this service by having a group time of prayer for our church so each uh, of the elders is going to lead us in in prayer this morning and we're going to be we're going to be praying for this sermon series and we're going to be praying that God would do a great work in and through us as individuals and corporately as a church as we study this great book of 1 Corinthians. So this morning we're going to there's a handheld right over there so they can you got that one, Tim. All right. And uh, I guess we'll start with uh, Tim down the end here, and and then I will uh, close us. And then after that, uh, the the praise band y'all can be getting set up sometime in between if you want to. And we're going to end uh, uh, with a uh, with a song, and then we'll be dismissed. Okay, Tim.
1: Our Father, as we consider our lives before you and as we consider this time as a church that we come before you I ask and pray father that as you give us a view for eternity we would begin to understand more and more that this life is not about me it's not about us it's about you God you've given us the ability to know you you've given us every everything we need To walk humbly before you And so I ask that as we Embrace this this Study of the church at Corinth As we do some Self analysis as we look at ourselves Corporately as a church Individually as believers God would you move in our lives Would you move in our hearts Would you open our um, Our spirits to hear your voice And to be led by you For you because of you God we just ask that you would fill our fill our sanctuary of our hearts and of this church with your presence in Jesus name
2: Lord it's, it's my prayer this morning that
1: uh, we would not just spend just this, this hour this time but we would spend this in uh, reflecting on your, your church in this church that we would spend that, uh, this entire series uh, just uh, evaluating ourselves and, and the church that we would be uh, led by you and that uh, we would be feel your presence in in all of the decisions and all of the, the uh, opportunities that we have here in, in this church and in Jacksonville and the community uh, that you would be always out front in Jesus name
3: Lord thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to serve you through this church you've actually made it easy on us it's a place to to work for you and Lord I ask that you would help us to encourage one another here and to be a a witness and a light to those that are outside of our church so that they can uh, see the love that we have and the love that you have for us uh, through the things that we do here. It's in Jesus' name we pray.
2: Lord, I thank you for your word and how it encourages us and how it convicts us. And I thank you for this book that we're looking at uh, specifically. And, And I pray as we start our study and all through it that you would show us uh, where we're off track that your spirit would speak to us and, and um, show us a way to get um, on track to where we need to be and, and, um, and that it would encourage us um, as well as showing us the areas where we are doing right and we can um, continue on with those and, um, and thank you as well um that this book shows us who we are in you and um and that we can confirm that with your word and it's in jesus name
4: father we humble ourselves before you in praise and worship you our holy and sovereign god Lord, we know that you withheld blessings from each of us simply because we have not asked. Lord, we come to you as Jabez did, asking, O Lord, that you bless us indeed. And Father, that you would expand our territory, Lord, that we would not be pleasing to men, we would be pleasing to you. And, Father, that you would keep your hand upon us because we know we can do nothing apart from you. And, Father, as we go out and do your will under the wings of this church, we will be attacked. Father, just keep us from that evil. Lord, I just pray. Lord, I pray for a revival in this church father that your will is of course to escort unbelievers to you and to equip all with truth and father that all are prepared for ministry according to your will we pray that your will would be our will thank you father it's in your precious and holy son's name we pray
3: Father, as we uh, start this study, I, my prayer is that we would hold what Graham will teach us uh, through your word and through your uh, holy word that we will look at ourselves through the light that you want us to be, uh, hold our, our lives and our actions to the to what you desire from us. Father, I desire that uh, we as a group, a uh, body of believers, that we... Uh, We'll have that closeness to you to uh, allow your love to penetrate us and then we to uh, take a a community by storm or take even our families uh, and direct their lives, uh, the lives that we uh, come in contact and show the glory to you, uh, the awesome God. We thank you for this Um, study and just uh, bless it to our lives
0: and father we we just we're just so thankful God and even though we, we sinned against you you did not leave us without direction in this life and without you But, Father, You continue to just extend Your hand to us over and over again. You're a God of mercy and grace, and we're so thankful. We're in such need of that. Father, we thank You for Your Word, truth that it speaks. Thank You that You not only tell us what's amiss in our life, but you you give us the guidelines for us to follow, to live a life that's that's pleasing to you. Father, I lift up this study. Holy Spirit, I I pray that you just speak to our hearts through your word. That you search us and make known even the things that we, we may not know about pray that you would just show us where things are amiss in our life, that you would redirect us so that we can be more of the people you've called us to be and more of the church that you've called us to be. I pray for each and every one of us in here that we would commit ourselves to your word right here and right now. And that we would allow ourselves by your grace to be just to be shaped by your word. Pray that you do a great work in and through this study. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.